I'm Kim, and you're listening to Kim's in Sweden. Again, full disclosure, I am still not in Sweden. I am still in America, but I will definitely update you and let you know when I am actually doing this podcast from Sweden, which will probably be in a couple of weeks. I am still waiting on my residence permit card to arrive in the mail, and then I am booking a ticket and heading to Sweden. But until then, we are doing this podcast from the comfort of my bedroom here in New Jersey in the U.S. So it's finally starting to warm up here in New Jersey. Today is April 13th, and it was like the second day so far this spring that I could walk outside in a short sleeve t-shirt. It was so exciting. Oh, we have made it through yet another horrible winter. Actually, it wasn't such a horrible winter. I think we got like three snowstorms and it wasn't as cold as some winters have been. And I remember when I moved back to New Jersey from Los Angeles, for some reason I remembered April as being like hot in New Jersey and because in Los Angeles it's basically spring and summer all year. I mean the winters are like The winters in Los Angeles are like the spring in New Jersey. So when I moved back to New Jersey, I thought like, yay, April's coming, it's going to be hot. And then still by the end of April, you have to wear a coat here. So my my confidence was shaken and I was still cold come May. It was very depressing. But yeah, we have made it through and I think it's finally, finally starting to warm up here. I think it's still pretty chilly in Sweden. Not sure. Actually, let me look at the weather. Let's see. No, I'm I'm checking the weather on my phone so I can know what to expect when I'm in Sweden. Let's see. Malmo is 47 Fahrenheit. This is Fahrenheit, guys. I still don't know Celsius. So 47 is eh. still still chilly, not freezing cold, but that's the thing, like, Sweden weather and New Jersey weather, it's not drastically, drastically different. I mean, I guess it is, like, the summers here get a lot hotter, but the thing is, the seasons start sooner. So the summer and the spring in New Jersey start, like, a month before they start in Malmo, in southern Sweden, I should say. So... Like, in southern Sweden, I feel like you still need a coat until, like, May. Like, the end of May. A coat or a jacket. And in New Jersey, it's probably going to be warmer by then. And then in Sweden, it starts to get colder in, like, September, right? By, by September, it's, like, starting to get chilly. You need a jacket. And here in New Jersey, usually September is still pretty warm. And as I said, the summers are a lot hotter and more humid here, and they just don't get as hot in Sweden. Although I have heard that the past few summers have been ridiculously hot in Sweden. From Sorry if you guys can hear it in your ear, but otherwise I'm going to sound like a frog. I'm going to start talking like this during the podcast, and nobody wants that. Anyways, let's get started with today's podcast episode culture shocks that I experienced when I came to Sweden from the U.S. So I've been back and forth to Sweden tons of times over the past few years, and these are just some of the 
little culture shocks that I have experienced for myself, I will say I'm not saying that any of these things are bad and please don't take this as me criticizing anything about Sweden. I did do a YouTube video where I talked about culture shocks and some people took it the wrong way and told me if I don't like how things are done in Sweden, then go back to America type of situation. And you know what? I know you're going to have trolls no matter what you put out on the internet. So maybe those were just those type of negative people. But I just want to make it very clear that I am not criticizing how things are done. I am not saying that I hate it and I don't want to be here. I'm just pointing out culture shocks. And please take this with a light heart and try not to get offended. Um, so that being said, one of the first culture shocks that I had when I arrived in Sweden was I realized how much more quiet it is in Sweden than it is here in the U.S. And it's more quiet basically everywhere, even in restaurants. I feel like here in the U.S., in most restaurants, people talk so loud. There's music on in the background. Sometimes there's even TVs on that it's so loud you have to speak louder to be heard at the table. And in Sweden, I feel like it's the opposite I'm talking most restaurants, I'm not talking all restaurants, I'm sure they have loud and lively restaurants in Sweden also, but for the most part, there's no TVs, if there is music, it's much quieter, and it's almost like you have to talk quieter at the table so the people at other tables don't hear you, as opposed to in the US, you have to talk louder so the people at your own table do hear you, because it's so loud in restaurants. So I noticed in restaurants, I also noticed even walking around cities, like in Malmo, it's a pretty lively city, but you could be in the city center with people walking all around and it's still pretty quiet. And number one, I think that is because generally people just speak with a softer voice than we speak with in the US. And number two, I think that there's just not as much car traffic because a lot of the areas it's mostly people just walking or riding bikes as opposed to here, there's much more cars. So in general, it's much louder with horns honking and cars driving by that you just have to talk louder. Um, public transportation is another place where it's really quiet. I mean, the bus is like, you could hear a pin drop. It's so quiet. <laughs> Strangers don't talk to each other on the bus. If you sit next to someone on the bus, you're a weirdo. And um, subways are just much quieter than how it is here in the US. So that was the first thing that I noticed when I arrived to Sweden. And I know some American people, this is like the dream for them. They are like so tired of the loudness and the chaos happening in the US that Sweden probably sounds like the place for them. I know a lot of American people have commented on my videos like Sweden sounds like the place for me. <laughs> so if you're into a much more calmer, toned down, more quiet lifestyle, then I would highly recommend meeting a Swedish man or woman and getting your residence permit and moving to Sweden. The uh, second culture shock that I experienced was realizing that stores and restaurants just close much earlier or just close in general. So let me expand on that a little bit. Um, when I was in Sweden in 2013, I was staying with my friend who lived in Kristina Hem for a while. And it was, I think it was a Sunday night. 
and we wanted to go out to dinner. And she had just moved there, so she didn't know the town either. And we drove around and realized that every restaurant was closed. Even like the fast food places in the town was closed. McDonald's was closed. We were like, oh, things are closed. And to me, coming from the US, this was like, what do you mean even McDonald's is closed? And Sweden is set up where you can't really like drive from big town to big town. Like if you drive to another big town, you kind of, at least where we were, like you drive through kind of like farmlands. So it's not like here where it's like big town after big town after big town and all of the towns have eight different fast food restaurants to choose from and 20 different restaurants. So if what you want to go to is closed, you can just drive five minutes to the next town and get something. There, it's like, if everything is closed, you would have to drive maybe 30 minutes to the next big town. And it's Sunday, so maybe places are closed there also. So for me, I was just like, so what do people do if they're hungry? And she was like, well, I guess you just eat at home. And I was like, but what if you don't want to eat at home? Like, it was just such a shock for me that place is closed and that's it. So you have to wait until tomorrow when they're open. I mean, here we have diners that are open 24-7. A lot of McDonald's are open 24-7. Just there's something you can find. And in Christina Hem in 2013, you couldn't find anything on a Sunday night for dinner. And expanding off of that, um, in general, just stores are open later here. Like um, the mall is open later. Just, yeah, I don't know. Stores are just open later. And in Sweden, it seems like everything kind of closes around like five or six. And yeah, that was just, it was just a culture shock for me. The next thing is buying alcohol in Sweden is totally different than how it is here. And a lot of Swedish people get offended when I talk about system belaget. So let me try to say this in a non-offensive way. System belaget is weird. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not weird. It's not weird. It's just different. So system belaget, if you are an American listener and you're not familiar with it, it is a... Uh, it's the only, actually, liquor store chain in Sweden, and it is government-owned. And the hours are something like 10 in the morning until 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Saturday is 10 a.m. until 3, and then Sunday it's totally closed. And I might be off with the hours by one or two hours when they open, but I know they close at 7 on the weekdays, and I know they're totally closed on Sunday, and I know they close early afternoon on Saturday. And System Belaget does not sell any cold alcohol, so it does not sell refrigerated beer or refrigerate, excuse me, refrigerated white wine, refrigerated champagne, refrigerated hard alcohol, nothing is cold. Everything is out, and when I learned that that was the way you buy alcohol, I was like really confused. And I know they have beer in and, and wine in regular food stores in Sweden, but it's only up to a certain percentage of alcohol. So I think the beer is like 3.5%. I don't know what the wine is, but if you want anything stronger than that, then you have to go to System Belaget. And apparently the reason for System Belaget is to kind of control the citizens drinking in Sweden. So the government thinks if they sell cold beer, 
People just can't resist themselves. They're just going to crack it open right then and there and start drinking. So apparently the government thinks by setting these hours and by not refrigerating anything, they can kind of control people's drinking better. Okay, that's fine. As I said, it's not weird. I guess it's just different than what I'm used to. So let me tell you how it is here in America. In America, any individual person can open a liquor store. You have tons of privately owned liquor stores. You have refrigerated um, beer. You have refrigerated cold white wine, champagne, alcohol. Like there's refrigerated sections. There's non-refrigerated sections. And they're open much later in the day. I think they're open until... In, a, in Los Angeles, you could buy alcohol until 2 in the morning. So liquor stores were open until 2 in the morning. I don't know what time they opened in the day, but probably early, like, I don't know, 9 or 10. I actually don't know what it is here in New Jersey because I usually don't ever leave my house. So I can't tell you <laughs> what it is, but I know it's later than 7 p.m. And there are towns that um, they're dry so they don't have liquor stores and there are also towns that are closed on Sundays but um, you could always drive over to the next town and buy something if you wanted it so from what I've learned by talking to Swedish people it seems like the Swedes tend to stock up on their alcohol so when they go to the store they'll buy a basket full of beer and wine to last them whatever a week, two weeks. So if they are feeling like having a glass of wine, they already have it on hand. And I think here people buy less, but they buy it more often, or maybe they buy it more and they buy it more often, who knows. But I just know that here it's very normal to pick up a bottle of cold wine on the way home and have it with dinner or pick up some cold beers and bring it to a party but in Sweden, you kind of have to plan when you are going to be drinking because if you decide you want a glass of wine at 8 o'clock on a Saturday night, if you don't have any, then you either don't drink or you go to the bar. So, I mean, I guess it does work in curbing people's drinking because if you don't have it, you can't go out and buy it. But it's just, it was different for me. And I have never been to a country that has this. I have been to almost 25 countries and besides the Middle Eastern countries that I've been to, no country has been this strict with alcohol as Sweden is. And even Denmark, I mean, it's right across the bridge and their liquor stores are more like what we're used to in the US. And I know they sell um, cold beer in like convenience stores, 7-Elevens and stuff like that. So yeah, culture shock number three is the... Um, the liquor store system in Sweden. The next culture shock that I experienced in Sweden is the fashion. Let me tell you guys, everyone in Sweden dresses incredibly well, okay? Like, I feel like I need to step up my fashion game when I'm in Sweden. So here in the US, it is normal to go out in, excuse me, go and run errands in sweatpants and a sweatshirt, and nobody really looks twice at you. In Sweden, besides like those young girls who think that now style is like sweatpants and a sweatshirt but still have like their hair and makeup done because I know that's like a younger Gen Z style right now. Besides them, <laughs> I've never seen like an adult out running errands in sweatpants and a sweatshirt. Everybody 
gets dressed in like regular pants and jeans and a, a sweater and a turtleneck and a coat and goes out and does errands that way. I mean, here we have an entire fashion, like a style of fashion called athleisure. I don't know if you're familiar from. I can't say familiar. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but what it is, is basically nice looking gym clothes. So you can go to the gym, do your workout, get all sweaty, come home, take a shower, put makeup on, do your hair, and then get back into gym clothes. But these are obviously clean washed gym clothes. And then maybe style it with like a jean denim jacket or something. And it's called athleisure. So you can go about your whole day, go and run errands, go to the post office, go to a restaurant even in athleisure. And it's totally normal. And I haven't seen that in Sweden. I just haven't seen girls out and about in athleisure. As I said, everybody dresses like nicer, like more classy. That's a good word. They dress more classy than we do here. And hey, Americans, don't hate me. I'm sure we have, I mean, we do have also classy dressing Americans, don't get me wrong. But I'm just saying, in Sweden, they have much more classy clothing altogether. And that's true even when it comes to Swedish men. I think Swedish men have incredible style compared to US men, <laughs> compared to American men. Here, um, even like the shorts that American men wear are big and baggy and hang below the knee. And when I went to Sweden, I saw how Swedish men and probably European men in general wear much tighter form-fitting shorts, like denim shorts and um, form-fitting denim, uh, my mind is blanking out, jeans <laughs> and like a button-up shirt. Like it's just more classy and it's, it's almost like I, okay, don't get offended, Swedish men. I'm not, I do not mean this in an offensive way at all. But it's almost like the Swedish male style would come off in America as almost like metrosexual, where the man kind of cares too much about what he looks like. But I feel like it's totally, totally normal in Sweden. And I appreciate it. I think it's very nice when a man dresses like he actually cares what he looks like and cares about what his... Uh, beard looks like like it's shaven nice or clean shaven and put some I don't know mousse or gel or something in, the, in his hair and wears cologne like I personally love that I would rather have that than like a sloppy looking guy so I like the Swedish male style but it's just way more put together and more classy than the American male style so Swedish style was a culture shock and I love it. <laughs> the next culture shock I had is learning how to do laundry in an apartment complex. And let me take a sip of water because I can feel my voice is getting raspy. So I have lived in a lot of apartment complexes. I lived in Los Angeles in my 20s when I was not financially stable at all. So I moved around a lot. I lived with a lot of friends and I had to do my laundry either in the dryer and washer provided by the apartment complex, but which costs money, or I would go to a laundromat. And I don't even know if you guys have laundromats in Sweden, but it's a place where you go and do laundry and it's just filled with washers and dryers. And you just wait there until your laundry is done and it costs money. So 
when I went to Sweden, I was visiting my friend in 2013 and I asked her if we could go and do my laundry. And she's like, I don't know. We have to see if there's a time available. And I was like, what do you mean a time available? And she said, what do you mean? What do I mean? (laughs) We have to see if the laundry is open. And I did not know until that trip that in Sweden, you have to book a time to do the laundry if you live in an apartment complex. And benefit here, it is totally free. I mean, it's not free. I guess it's included in the rent that you pay. But hey, I was paying much more rent in Los Angeles than I have ever paid in Sweden. And I did not have a free washer and dryer. You had to pay for that. It was like something like $1.25 or $1.50 for each machine. So if you're doing two loads of laundry, washer and dryer, that's about $5 every time you do laundry. So in Sweden, learning that there's a whole system of doing laundry, on one hand, I'm like, this sucks because what if I spill spaghetti sauce on my shirt and I have an important event to go to, and I can't do my laundry before I get there. Like, I mean, come on, what are the chances that that's going to happen? But on one hand, I was just like, I don't know, this is weird. I don't like this, that I can't go and do laundry whenever I want. And what if like, like, what, like, like, okay, let me put something out of the way. I am not a planner. I am a very go with the flow, spur of the moment type of person. So plans of any sort stress me out. (laughs) So (laughs) that's not true fully. But when it comes to stuff like laundry, it is true. Because then I'm thinking like the whole day, okay, I have to be home by six o'clock. I have to do laundry. Okay, I have to be home by three o'clock. I have to do laundry. I can't do that because I have to do laundry today. Instead of just being like, oh, I have a free afternoon. Let me do laundry. So on that, on that side, I'm like, I don't like this culture shock. But then again, here's the flip side. Number one, it's free. Number two, the plus of scheduling a time for laundry is that nobody else is going to be there to take your washing machine. So when you book the laundry, you book the whole room to yourself. So you never have to worry about walking down there and then somebody is there. Or you never have to worry about Oh, somebody forgot their laundry in the washing machine. Now I have to move it to the dryer. Which, side note, I am very guilty of doing during my time in Los Angeles. I actually had a neighbor who became like my mom who would do my laundry, like move my stuff from the washing machine to the dryer because I would leave it there. I was the worst. I was the worst, but I was like 21 guys living on my own in Los Angeles. And it's not an excuse. I know, I know. (sighs) Anyways, anyways. Okay. So that's the plus side of booking a time to do your laundry. So It's not a huge deal. I mean, you can always get a washer installed in your apartment, which is something that I might do because where we live in Sweden now, we're on the fourth floor and we do not have an elevator in our building and the laundry is in the basement. So not only do you have to go down four flights of stairs, then you have to go down another two flights of stairs to get into the basement and then walk down this creepy ass basement that I feel like I am going to get kidnapped when I'm down there. And once the lights shut off on me when I was down there and I wanted to cry, I literally ran out of the basement. Anyways, I feel like 
buying a washer for our apartment would be a great investment. Um, and then I never have to worry about scheduling a time to do the laundry. So maybe that's something that will happen in the future. And thank you. That was my rant about laundry. <laughs> okay. The last culture shock that we are going to talk about on this episode is when I realized how technologically advanced Sweden is. I mean, we think we're technologically advanced in America. We're not at all compared to Sweden. And number one, I think this is because Sweden has something like 10 million people and America has like almost 350 million people. So I feel like it is easier to get like 10 million people all on the same page regarding technology than like 350 million people. So I kind of get why we're not on the same playing field, but we should step it up because Sweden is so technologically advanced and it makes life so much easier. So here in New Jersey, when I take the bus from my house into New York City, you either have to have a monthly bus pass, which is like a card that you show when you get on the bus, or you have to buy a bus ticket in cash. And it's like whoever has cash on them, number one, I always have to go to this little market down the street and like uh, take out money from an ATM machine, which they charge me like a $2 fee every time I take money out. Then I have to buy a water so that I can get change for the 20 dollar bill that I just took out so that I can give like a five dollar bill to the bus driver because if I hand him a 20 and the bus ride is only 450 you better believe he's gonna give me attitude if he has to give me change for that 20 so I always have to get change just to ride the bus into New York now on the way out from New York you buy a ticket at a machine but okay in Sweden there is an app you ride the bus with an app like, what a genius invention. Maybe they have that somewhere in the U.S. I lived in Los Angeles. They didn't have it. I live in New Jersey going into New York City. They don't have it. Um, the only, like, super cool technologically advanced thing that I've seen in New York is recently all of our subway stations got this um, tap thing with your credit card. So instead of buying a... Um, subway ticket, you can just take your debit card out and tap it at the turnstile and then go through instead of standing there and buying a ticket first. So that's cool. And and that I'm like, yes, yes, it's about time. I mean, it's 2022 and it's New York City. Come on. It's like the most famous city in the world. So it's about time we made it easier to transport ourselves around the city. But going back to Sweden, <laughs> going back to Sweden, they have an app. So what you do is you log on the app, you put in where you're starting and where you want to go, and it tells you all of the bus routes, it tells you all of the train routes, where it's leaving from, what time it's leaving from, and then you can just select a ticket through the app and pay with your card or your bank or whatever, and then it gives you a QR code, and then when you get on the bus, you just tap the QR code against the scanner, and that's it. Now, I will say the downside to being so technologically advanced is that if you don't have a smartphone or if you're older, I don't know how easy it would be to live your life in Sweden. Like my dad, he's, he's just not technologically advanced. He's 72. He lives by himself. 
He barely uses his smartphone. He still uses cash. Like, now what would the situation be for that same type of person in Sweden? I don't know. I did talk to someone on my Instagram and I asked her and she said, you know, it's actually happened in Sweden that everything is so um, electronic, like people have their bills electronically paid. Nobody like sends in a check or anything anymore. So those older people who all of their bills are paid online automatically every month, there have been cases where they have passed away. They live by themselves and months have gone by before somebody even realizes that they've passed away because of the technology. Everything is being debited automatically from their account. So, I mean, I guess there's like a plus side and a downside to being so technologically advanced. I mean, it's happened that people drop dead and you don't even know they're dead because of technology, because technology is running along so smoothly, and yet the person is lying there dead in their living room. So, I mean, it has its benefits and it has its downfalls, as does everything in life. Um, also, Swish. Sweden has this thing called Swish, which is so cool. It's like every bank is linked to every bank and then your bank account is linked to your phone number. So in um, restaurants or stores, if you don't have your debit card, they take Swish. So what you do is you just log into Swish. It sends you a code. You log in with your personal whatever bank ID or something. Um, and then you just text the amount that you want to send to a phone number, whatever phone number is hooked up to that business, and you send the money directly like that. And what's really cool is you can also use it from person to person. So if you owe me 500 sec, whatever, $50, you will just log into Swish, put in my phone number because my phone number is linked to my bank account, your phone number is linked to your bank account, log into Swish and send me $50 through Swish, and just like that, it is automatically in my bank account. Now, I think Swish is so, so cool, but I don't think that we would be able to do it in the U.S. because we have so many banks. I mean, we have different banks even, ba like, based on what coast you live in, live on, we have a different bank. We do have banks that are available all through the U.S., but then we also have, like, credit unions. We have big banks. We have small banks. We have all kinds of banks, and I don't think there's any way that all the banks would work together like they do in Sweden. I just really don't. We have PayPal and we have Venmo and I think that's the closest that we're ever going to get to Swish. I know um, there's this thing Bank ID in Sweden also, which I'm not 100% um, sure what it is exactly, but this is what I think it is. This is what I'm 99.9% .9 sure it is. I'm pretty sure it is when you log into your bank, they send you a special or when you, sorry, when you pay something, your bank sends you a special code that you then have to log into your bank ID with and input the code. And I think this is to prevent fraud, which we don't have, I mean, do we have bank ID? I mean, we have, we do have some, sometimes when I buy things, my bank sends me um, like a, did you just purchase this type, uh, type yes to authorize type no if this wasn't you, but we definitely don't have this where we have to um, enter a number every time. And again, this is to prevent fraud in Sweden and another example of how technologically advanced they are because if you steal somebody's credit card, even if you try to use it, you can't, right? Because it asks you for bank ID. I don't know, maybe I am 
giving you false information. So do not quote me on this. But I just know that people in Sweden love bank ID and everybody tells me, wait till you have bank ID, your life is going to be so much easier. So I'm excited to get bank ID. And um, kind of still going on how technologically advanced Sweden is, I was really surprised also like the first time that I wanted to get my nails done in Sweden. You go online to book an appointment to get your nails done with the nail salon. And here in New Jersey, anyway, I mean, you're lucky if your nail salon even has a website, let alone like you're able to book an appointment online. I mean, that's pretty cool. But again, it also kind of goes with my personality where I don't like to plan things and like going online and and booking a nail appointment like two days in advance. I don't know. It kind of gives me anxiety. Is that weird? I would rather like wake up that day and walk to the nail salon and ask if they have a time for me to do my nails. But I mean, I guess you can do that also in Sweden. But when I go to a nail salon, usually they ask me if I've booked a time and I say yes. And then we just go about our business like that. Um, So that's just another reason of, uh, I mean, excuse me, that's just another example of how technology plays such a big role in Swedish life. And Yeah, as I said, nail salons here just don't even have websites. If they do, it's like a janky website that doesn't have like pictures or prices or anything. It just has like their phone number and their address and their opening hours. And that's basically it. (laughs) Okay, well, guys, thank you for listening to my rant and raves about some culture shocks that I experienced when I went to Sweden. Um... If you haven't done so already, please follow this podcast or subscribe to this podcast. I don't even know what the correct podcast lingo is yet. This is just my second podcast that I've done. So either, I don't know, follow me or subscribe to me or do whatever it is that people do for people on podcasts and leave me a rating. I think you can give me a star rating, but only leave me one if you're going to give me a good rating. If you're not going to leave me a good rating, then don't leave me a rating. (laughs) And don't forget to check out my YouTube channel, Kimberly Source. Check out my TikTok, which is also Kimberly Source. My Instagram, Kim's in Sweden. And I think that is it. Also, I am uh, available on Paragast. I will link it down below. It is a subscription-based website. And you get access to behind-the-scenes features, live chats, updates, video calls, really, really cool things on Paragas. You get updates with, um, excuse me, you get, um, not updates, you, oh god, I'm blanking out. You get access, that's the word, you get access to a lot of cool things with me on Paragas. There are three different membership levels. There is a free membership that you get access to a live chat, then there is a paid membership where you get access to more features and then a VIP paid membership where you get access to all the features. If you join up, if you join, I mean, if you join for either one of those two paid memberships, then you get access and you get entered to win a pair of brand new Apple AirPod Generation 2 earbuds and a handwritten thank you note from me. One of the first 20 people to sign up is going to win that. So that's super exciting. I will link everything down below. And thank you guys. Truly thank you so, so much for listening to this podcast. Hope you have a great week and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey, Del. Bye.